Welcome back to Let's Talk About God. Ready to talk about God today. Yeah. So, so good to have you guys with us. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about God. I don't, I don't even, I've exhausted all of my banter. Oh, your banter? Do you I, have banter? I don't, I, I have banter. I, I always have banter. What I'm, banter do you I'm have? I'm ready to banter around. Well, I'm kind of excited right now because um, uh, I've got, I'm, I've delved, I don't think we've talked about this, but I've, I'm delving, diving into a world that is new to me. Uh, I have purchased a 1967 Ford Mustang, and I'm going to nice. have it restored. It's a brand new, a whole new world. A whole new world, yep. And so that's something I've never done, and... Uh, when I went to school, every day I rode in a 1967 Mustang. It wasn't mine. It was my best friend's, but I rode in it all the time. Mm-hmm. We did everything together. So I, you know, I may have been in the passenger seat, but, I mean, that was that was the car that I spent lots yeah. of time in. And so I thought, you know, it would be cool to have a restore. I'm going to get red, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be restored. It's going to look cool. You That's wanna, awesome. You're going to want to drive oh, it, I'm aren't gonna, you? I can't wait to sit at the right hand of you in that car. Well, I'll let you drive it. Just like Christ has ascended and sits at the right hand of the Father. There, you segue, did you? Well, <laughs> oh, I got I, him again. You did it I again. It's so sneaky. Well, I figured that. I figured concerning your little segue, I figured that you would rise to the occasion. <laughs> Wait a minute, I figured you would rise to the occasion. How's that? That's I was awesome. ready for this one. That's awesome. I was ready for this one. <laughs> Folks, we do these puns every episode, as you know. It's just the fact that I've snuck it by you twice. You do. Snuck it by you twice I'm think, in a row. I'm trying to think about a 1967 Mustang, candy apple red, fire engine red with a trim, and you're over here. Because <laughs> oh. I, I, I didn't pre-plan it. I thought about that right before I said it, just it. and I you, thought, well, you here rose, we go. You rose to the occasion as we now talk the about occasion. the ascension of Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's our topic for today, uh, the ascension of Jesus Christ. We're sitting at the right hand of the Father. Which, this is Not great. Not the Mustang. But. Not the Mustang. We'll, we'll talk about the Mustang another time. Next episode, I'll show you pictures, folks. How does that work? I know. I just okay. said that. We'll just really um, describe it we'll to really you. We'll really describe it to you. Um, no, this <laughs> one, It's this is kind of like the last episode that we did on feet washing. You think feet washing, and, and then it turned out to be a really great yeah. episode. I mm-hmm. hope if you haven't listened to it, listen to it. But this one's the same thing. You say the ascension of Christ. Yeah, this one mm-hmm. has all kinds of implications for us. Yeah. So I think we're going to have a really good time. Okay, so like we always do, we're just going to jump into it. 30-second definition. 30-second definition. The ascension of Christ is uh, Christ actually ascending uh, into heaven or wherever the right hand of the Father is to rule and to reign till all of his enemies are placed under his feet and to do many, many other things that I can't fit in this 30 seconds until he comes back again. Okay. I was, I was wondering if you were going to get it in there. <clears throat> Mine's a little more concise. Uh, it's that act of Jesus where he passed from this world into heaven to remain until his second coming. That's good. I think one thing that I'm excited to talk about when it comes to the ascension is most of the times we think of Jesus in terms of life, death, resurrection, all super important, then we end there. Right. And we kind of think by the ascension, we either kind of place it out of our brains or it's like, okay, Jesus is done. 
right? He's 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 on vacation, and then we'll let the Holy Spirit, you know, come in and run his shift, run the night shift. And but then that's we'll not how it works. Later. And yeah, it's not how it works at all. He's Christ is doing active. something. Okay. Yeah. So I know you had your notes. I thought the same thing. First things that came to my mind as far as connections mm-hmm. uh, is that Enoch ascended to heaven. Yeah. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God and, and then was not, was not here anymore for mm-hmm. God took him. So we know that he ascended to heaven. So there's Old Testament precedents for some kind of ascension. Right. For sure. And then Elijah. Yeah was caught up in a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. No, actually, was caught up in a chariot. No, it was caught up in a whirlwind. Yeah, whirlwind. I have to get him. Chariot separated he and Elisha. I always mm-hmm. have to. They got caught up in a tornado and went up into heaven. So he ascended into heaven. Yeah. So he was literally, he and Enoch were taken from this world in a bodily form, instantly transformed mm-hmm. with bodies that could now handle the terrestrial, no, the celestial, mm. and were caught up into heaven. Do you think that was kind of jarring, the spinning around on the tornado? I don't think he spun around. I think uh, it just lifted just him ran. up. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why. I've never thought about that before. If he was just like no, getting I, nauseous. I don't think he was like <laughs> being in the dryer, your dryer at the house. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Um, uh, but so now the third person we have rising is Jesus. Yep ascending up into heaven. Mm-hmm. And so we've got these New Testament accounts. I know we're going to touch on those briefly, and mm-hmm. but the biggest one is the book of Acts. That's right. Okay. Luke so, and Acts. So sure. cover Mark and Luke and yeah. Mark just kind of touches on it, right? Yeah. We'll just we'll just explain where the Bible says it and then we're going to spend the rest of the episode breaking it down. Mark 16:19. Mark's account is extremely short and to the point, which is typical of Mark. That's what his whole gospel is. So basically, um So the Lord Jesus, after speaking to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere that while the Lord worked with them, and confirmed the word by by the accomplishing signs. That's quick. Very, very quick. Quick. Simple as that. To the point. Let's go to Luke. So Luke 24, uh, thinking 44 through 53. This is a little bit longer. Um, You cool if I just go and read this to him? Yeah, read it. We'll just read that out. 44 through 53. He told them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He also said to them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and repentance for forgiveness of sins will be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And look, I'm sending you what my father promised. Um, as for you, stay in the city until you're empowered from on high. Then he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was carried up into heaven. After worshiping him, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and they were continually in the temple praising God. I really enjoy this account of the ascension from Luke because it highlights a few different things than we typically like see in Acts, because Mark just skips over it, and we usually think Acts, the ascension, that kind of kicks the whole thing off. Right. Um, I really like this because, one, it emphasizes Christ's fulfillment of the Old Testament. He really wants to like throw that in there, that he's the guy, and he's done his job. Doesn't mean his job is complete, but he did what he came to do by coming to earth, and he really fulfilled that. Um, two, in great fashion, he gave us foreshadowing of the sequel which is the book of Acts. So he's going to say, wait until Jerusalem. We see that in Acts. I'm going to give you what the father promised. And we're like, ooh, what is that? Well, Acts is going to tell us what the father promised. Um, you're going to be, my, you are witnesses, and this is all going to go out 
What does that mean? We're going to get that in Acts. So we get some good kind of foreshadowing for what Mm -hmm. we're going to see in Acts. And then finally, I really love the focus um, that we have from Christ as like a human, as a priest. You know, he lifts up his hands and does kind of this priestly blessing Mm -hmm. that we get in sort of the Old Testament. So he blesses his children, his people, and it's really emphasized... um, He's he's a man, but he's also God. And so he does this priestly blessing. He's just eating breakfast with them. And yet, what do they do? They worship him right there, and they go into the Jewish temple, the place of worship of Yahweh, and they begin to worship Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so just right there, we get this great picture of the man, the priest, the blessing, but then also God, the one we worship and we praise even in the very temple of Yahweh. That is interesting. That's yeah. really, really good. And then and, finally walk us through Acts. Well, and, this. and then, yeah, and then Acts, Acts was written by Luke. Mm-hmm. So you got to remember. That's Luke, the sequel I was talking that's about. That's the sequel. Luke yeah. wrote the Gospel of Luke, mm-hmm. then Luke wrote Acts. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so he he kind of overlaps with what he just wrote, and but he tells the Ascension story in a different way. Um, and the, you pointed this out, and we were talking about this before the before the podcast began, if you go to Luke 24, between 49 and 50, and I never noticed this till you said this, if you read it, it looks like the way Luke writes it, it looks like Jesus ascended to heaven the same day that of his resurrection. Yeah. Because he's talking about the two guys on the road to Emmaus, and he met with the disciples before that and showed himself alive. And so they're all, then it says, then he led them out to Bethany. Then he rose again. And went to heaven. Yeah. And you're like, but. Yeah, he rose to heaven. He rose to heaven. Be like. And if you just read the Gospel of Acts, you wouldn't realize that between verse 49 and verse 50, I mean, the Gospel of Luke, you would not realize between verse 49 and verse 50, there were 40 days. Yeah, yeah. But Luke, in the in the book of Acts, mm-hmm. actually tells us that there was, in verse 3, that he presented himself alive by many infallible proofs, was seen by them during 40 days. Yeah, and spoke of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So Luke kind of fills in that blank, mm-hmm. okay? And um, and then Jesus uh, meets with the disciples, and we being Pentecostals, you and I are Pentecostal preachers. We're Pentecostal in practice. Love Acts chapter one because Jesus commands them to go to Jerusalem, tarry, pray wait for the outpouring mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. They had no idea what that was, just like a lot of people do today. We don't know, you don't, you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what was going to happen, but they just went and they obeyed. And he said, when I, when I send the Holy Spirit, you're going to get power. He had already told him in Luke, you're going to get clothed with power, and this is going to be life-changing. You need the, the third person of the Godhead in his fullness. You need his power so that you could be a witness for me. You so got to yeah, you got to sure. do what I do. You not mm-hmm. just can't say. By yeah. the way, listen, you don't just say what Jesus said. He's called us to do what mm-hmm. he did, and I just think sometimes, you know, people who avoid Pentecost or the power of the Holy Ghost, and, and I'm not being, I'm not being mean here, Evan. I'm not. I have lots of friends who are ministers in denominations that are not that are not Pentecostal, okay? And and we have a love for each other. But but there is sometimes in our head, especially in America, we can talk our way into everything. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, we don't just say what Jesus said. 
preaching and whatever, teaching, we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Am I not right? Yeah, for he sure. He said, the works that I do, you'll do in greater works than these. That and was part of the witness. That's this part power. of the witness, is that we don't just talk about him. We're supposed to show him. Mm-hmm. We're his body. We're supposed to be functioning the same miracle, Holy Spirit anointed power that he had. Mm-hmm. That's why I believe in the gifts of the Spirit and that they're still for today. Mm-hmm. And that's why I believe in 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 the power of the Holy Ghost and the anointing. Mm-hmm. Because Paul said, I didn't come with you with just the enticing words of man's wisdom. And man, I feel like some, so much in America, preachers, we're just leaning on the enticing words of our wisdom. He said, I came in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. That's right. But anyway, we, we digress. But, and so, yeah. He, no, go ahead. You want to talk about Sorry, something? I just keep, I don't know why I keep doing that. I'm just being an interrupter today. No, keep going. go ahead. I was, I just want to emphasize that's where we get where Luke foreshadowed it. He kind of fulfills it in Acts where he says, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He hints about that in Luke. I'm going to send you the Father's promise. Well, what is the Father promise? He's promised the Holy Spirit. You've been my witnesses. You're going to be my witnesses. It's really the it's really the seek the sequel. If Luke is like Avengers, whatever Endgame, which one was the first one? And then the then you know then Acts is the the last Avengers. Infinity. Where they actually, I don't remember all. Yeah, Infinity War, Infinity and then War. Acts is in Endgame. So, game. Anyway. So there you go. Well, and by the way, let me just say this. We're preachers. We're going to preach. We always like to talk about how John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 is so important because it's a dying man's final words. Mm-hmm. You know, the last words. So we we put a lot of emphasis. All right. I think you ought to put emphasis on Luke 24 and Acts 1 because they're the final words of Jesus before he goes back to heaven. That's right. And what does he talk about? Two things, things pertaining to the kingdom of God and and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. by the way, being filled with the Holy Spirit is a kingdom thing. Yeah, for It's sure. not a church of God, Pentecostal holiness, assembly of God thing. It's a kingdom thing. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that? Yeah. I mean, it's right there. Yeah. That's context. He spoke to them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Then he starts talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and being filled with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. And so that's why I think it's still for today because the kingdom of God is still now. Anyway, after saying all that, then he goes to heaven. And Acts gives us a little more detail as to what happens yeah. is that uh, you know, he speaks to them, and they're watching him. And all of a sudden, Evan, he starts rising in the air. <laughs> he just starts <laughs> levitating, going up. And there, and you can imagine. Look at, 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 at eleven guys because they haven't taken replaced mm-hmm. Judas. So eleven uh, guys. And you, you listening right now? Just have to kind of just think about us in the studio. Just like we're watching, our we're heads are up. just going up. <laughs> like eleven guys, the heads are just all eleven heads are going up, and they're like, "What? <laughs> What's going on? He's." He's flying. What is it? And he just starts rising. Because they still didn't understand. They said, so are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? They're still thinking earthly. Are you going to sit on the throne now? They think he's back. Don't, don't. He's like, I'll, I'll let you know that stuff he when you need died. to know. He died. He was in the tomb. He's back. I'm back. Mm-hmm. He's here. All right. Let's go kill Rome. We only lost him for three days. He's back. Yes. Yeah. Now we're going to sit. And he said, no, nope, going back to heaven. Mm-hmm. Now you guys got this one, you know, not on your own, but without me and bodily, yeah. I'll send the Holy Spirit. But you guys got this. Yep. And so, and so he ascends. Uh, and and uh, there's some really interesting things there. It says a cloud received him out of their sight. Mm-hmm. Do I have a question for you? Do you think the cloud was natural or supernatural? 
I think the cloud is supernatural because when you see cloud, especially in the Old Testament, think glory. Think the cloud that descended in uh, the temple when Solomon built the temple. Think um, the Son of Man uh, returning to the Ancient of Days in Daniel yeah. uh, on the clouds. I think for sure this is probably a, a, a reference to that, something the disciples would pick up on, the early Jewish readers would pick up on. I think Jesus wants to emphasize that the Son of Man is seated on the throne. In glory. In glory. Because the cloud represented the glory, glory of God. So yes. it's as if the God-man is now going back to heaven. To the Ancient of Days the, after crushing every kingdom. Seated at his right hand in glory. Yep. The glory is being... He is talk- giving them kingdom theology they don't even fully grasp or understand yet, probably not until the Holy Spirit comes upon them at Pentecost. And they're standing there, and they're staring up into heaven, and they just stand there Mm -hmm. and stand there, and they're thinking, I'm thinking, they're thinking, maybe he'll come back down? (laughs) Where'd he go? Where'd he go? And they're just, and God had to send two angels Mm -hmm. and say, guys, and by the way, you, you men of Galilee, little trivia, Every one of the disciples except Judas Iscariot was from Galilee. Mm-hmm. Judas was from Jerusalem Ooh. or Judea. He was from Judea. If he was from Jerusalem, the place where they killed the prophets. Yeah. Ooh. And he may have been, well, Iscariot, he was from Iscariot, which was in Judea. So Judas Iscariot was from mm-hmm. the town of Iscariot. Uh, or it, so anyway, um, you men of Galilee, I said, why are you standing here gazing up into the heavens? He's gone. Mm-hmm. Okay, get to work. He told you to do something. Go back to Jerusalem yeah. and start praying for the Holy Spirit. But there's a promise. This same Jesus that you've seen go into heaven will come back mm-hmm. in the same manner as you've seen him go into heaven. But he's not coming back right now. You need to, you need to go do what he's told you to do. Mm. So that's the ascension story Yeah, in Acts. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, It's really cool. And yeah, and, and I think that's so important because it's kicking off the mission. This is where our story begins is the church. Yes. You know, as, as the church on mission, as the church as it is today, it's to the, go spread this kingdom throughout the world. It's the initiation. Yep. Yeah. Now the church has got to mm-hmm. go get the Holy Spirit baptism so that the spirit of Jesus and the power of Jesus now can enable them to do the commission of Jesus. For sure. All right. So that's the story. What does it mean? Mm. So it's a good story. And you could just say, Evan, it's a story of just how Jesus ends the mission, and it's kind of descriptive of him going back to heaven, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. He's gone. Now it's all about the church. Yep. But that's not the truth, is it? There's a whole lot that goes with the ascension. We've already mentioned a lot that I think has laid the foundation. So let's, let's, let's skip on to what, what's really about to happen. So Christ ascends to heaven because he wants to send us the Holy Spirit. Okay. So how does, how does this really work for us? Well, Christ has ascended to heaven, and we're, we're going to get here and explain this, but we have been seated in the heavenly places with Christ, as Paul says. Christ is our high priest representing us, as we see in the book of Hebrews. In reality, we now have access to God because through Christ, Christ is sitting there, and through him we have access to all God. Right, Does so, that make sense? All right, so let's get systematic for the sake of our listeners. 
You're you're all over it. You, in my notes, you're all over it, this, and this is good stuff. I'm trying to get to how are we qualified to receive the Holy Spirit? All right, so so let's back up. Let's go with the one you're at right now yeah, first. Let's go for it. So now Jesus is in heaven. So where did he go? He went to heaven. Mm-hmm. All right, where's heaven? It's it's spiritual realm. It's wherever he's, it is. he's everywhere and nowhere. I mean, he's, yeah. It's anyway. It's it's a, it's it's. A, I think it's a real world for sure. It's a spiritual realm, mm-hmm. but where is that? How do you locate? You that? can't we a don't spiritual know. realm. So, yeah. but it's where God's throne is. Mm-hmm. All right. Jesus is now seated at the right hand on a throne of the right hand of God the Father. Mm-hmm. All right. The Bible says that explicitly and multiple times. It's a big deal mm-hmm. in the Bible. All right. Now that he's ascended in there, does that mean anything to us? Absolutely. First of all, you just talked about it. He is our great high priest. The Bible says he is our advocate, mm-hmm. which is a helper, like a like a like an attorney, mm-hmm. one who comes alongside to help. So what does that mean? Let's talk about um, the advocate. Do you want to talk about the advocate or the high priest? I was trying to just summarize it because we're about to get there so fast. Are we going to do this quick? Just, just do it. Because we're going to get it in Paul and Hebrews well, and all just, that other let's stuff. Let's just do it, and then you fill it in with Paul and Hebrews. All right. So let's talk about Jesus as an advocate and great, great high priest. Uh, I think there's two roles that he's playing there. Yeah. And I think I preached on this a couple, three months ago, so I remember this. Um, one, a high priest helps you with your sins, mm-hmm. offering sacrifices. So Jesus is our high priest in that he's there to plead for me mm-hmm. when I sin. You know, last episode we talked about when you walk through this world, you get your feet dirty. Yeah. I don't know if, if you listen to the people who listen, if you remember that, we talked about you get your feet dirty and you got to go ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin sometimes mm-hmm. when you, you fail. All right, when you do that, Jesus is there at the right hand of the Father. The, there is grace. There, the blood's been applied. He is our atoning sacrifice. But you can, when you go and say, God, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I've sinned. Jesus is there to look at the Father and say, hey, forgive him. Because yeah. I, I shed my blood for him, and I'm standing in the gap for him, and he's confessed, he's repented, she's confessed, she's repented. Let's forgive him. And God the Father says, absolutely. And so he is that high priest, which is cool because he's the priest and the lamb. Yeah, that's right. Which is kind of cool. So I think that's that's how he helps us. And then as an advocate or an attorney, I think he just helps us. You know, the Bible says he's a very present help in our time of trouble. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that when I'm in trouble, when I'm in need, I can call out to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he is read. I read something this week in my devotions that I, mean, I can't remember where it is, but it says it's like the Lord, the word that's used there. If the Lord stands ready to help. Mm. It's like he's on edge. I think it was in the Psalms. He is ready to help. Yeah. At the moment's cry. That's good. Isn't that cool? That's how the Bible yeah. describes God as our as our helper. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What's what, Paul say? Give so, me, give yeah, me let, let me let me uh skip to, skip ahead and let's hit both of what you just said with our scriptures. So someone who helps us with our sins, Romans 8 34. Um, Paul says that Christ is at the right hand of the Father. And he's interceding for us. So here's the context. The context is that no one can can condemn us now. If right. we're a part of the elect, he uses that term there, the chosen, those are who are in Christ, um, then we know that Christ is interceding for us. He's pleading for us because we're in union with him. With him, there is no sin. There, there is no guilt. There's nothing. 
And so if we're in Christ, if his blood has been shed for us, if he's speaking for us, then who can condemn us? Satan can't condemn us. Christ is, is going to the Father for us, and they're forgiven. I died for them. The world can't separate us from the love of God. We're in Christ, and he's praying for us. There's nothing that can condemn us, accuse us, get after us, whatever, because Christ is pleading to the Father on our behalf. I died for them. Because heaven is a courtroom. Yes. We don't ever talk about that, but I remember a guy, I'm going to give him credit, a guy named Doug Small, one of the greatest Bible teachers you'll ever hear in your life, Doug Small. And Doug Small, I think, wrote a book called Heaven is a Courtroom. Mm-hmm. And and all the way back from Job to to the New Testament, you yep. get this sense that God is the righteous judge, and we plead our case. Job said, oh, that I could stand before him and plead my case. He couldn't understand what was going on, mm-hmm. but he just kept reading the book of Job. He kept saying, if I could just get before God, I could plead mm-hmm. my case. I would tell him, I haven't done anything wrong. I don't know why this is happening to me, because that was in his mindset. Mm-hmm. But heaven is a courtroom, and the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. That's right. And sometimes, just like he came before God and accused Job, he may come and accuse us. But you always have Jesus there mm-hmm. as your as your lawyer representing you. Saying, that doesn't work anymore. No, before work. me, yeah, you call me a sinner because I was. Yeah. Not anymore. Not anymore. No, I'm in Christ. Yeah. Two, going to God for help. Hebrews 14 or 4.16 says, Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Because Christ is our true high priest. Christ is not a high priest that's going to die, and he's not a high priest that's entered uh, a temple once a year. Christ is our high priest forever, and he's entered the true temple. He is really, truly present where God is. And now, go back to that Union with Christ episode. Now in him, we have access to the Father. If Christ is there, we're there too. We've been raised with Christ in the heavenly places. We can go to God. All right, let's, let's talk about that yeah. one. So let's talk about that. Let's just segue so, that. Yeah. Because the next point I have is that he is, my, he, he is the representation of my spiritually exalted state. Now, this mm-hmm. is a little bit in the deep end of the pool. For sure. But Ephesians 2, 4 through 6 says that we have been raised up together with Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've been made alive with Christ. So just like Jesus came back from the dead, the resurrection, Mm -hmm. and then it says we have been raised up together with Christ, just like the ascension. And it even says we've been made to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, which is at the exaltation where he's seated at the right Mm -hmm. hand of the throne of God. So what does that mean that I'm connected with him through his resurrection, even his death? Yeah, for sure. Because I died in my sins. So I'm I'm identified with his death, identify with his resurrection, identify with his ascension. And yeah. identify with his exaltation. What does that mean, Evan? It means that if I am in Christ, I get Christ and all who he is and all of his benefits. So where Christ goes and who Christ is, I follow. So if Christ, is, if Christ died, I die too. If he rose again, I rise too. If he ascended, I rise too. And I get all of those benefits. So therefore, I, the, although I'm not actually in heaven, Christ is in heaven on my behalf. So positionally, I'm on earth. So people mm-hmm. trying to figure that physically, obviously, I'm on earth. Physically, I'm on earth. But spiritually and, and positionally, mm-hmm. in my standing with God, I'm in heaven I'm in, in heaven. his presence. And I think it's important to know our sin barred us from God's presence, but because our sins have been forgiven, Christ has entered the heavenly places, we are now back in reconciliation, in union with God the Father. We are not barred from him anymore. We are in his perfect so that's presence why again. The Bible says our citizenship is in heaven. For sure. So that is this world's not our home. So 
we we often want to think that well when I die then I'll go to heaven but we're already there in a sense in a sense not physically but but that's our residence that's our citizenship mm-hmm. that's our home it's just a matter that's where we belong mm-hmm. we're in, we're connected with Christ spiritually positionally we're just separated by time and space and he's 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 there on our behalf so it's like we're there like the high priest used to wear the turban with the 12 tribes of yep. Israel on it cuz he represented all of Israel Christ the second Adam is there representing all of humanity he's there for us so when he walked into the holy of holies wearing that it was like the 12 tribes were walking yep. in with him because he represented him yep. so it's like we're there and this is good stuff it's good stuff. deep but it makes you realize I'm not just saved. I'm hoping Jesus mm-hmm. is going to help me. No, you're. There's this incredible tie here, man. God's pulling for you like you don't know. So practically, what does it mean? If I'm in God's presence through Christ, I can talk to Him. If my sins have been erased, I can ask for help. I'm not an enemy of Christ. I'm not separated from Christ. I'm forgiven. I'm standing before Him. I'm in His family, and I can go to God and say. Dad, I need help. <laughs> I need strength. I need wisdom. And it's not I need guidance. Strained like it was before. Obviously, before you're saved, it was strained. It was not even. It was non-existent. You're an enemy now of it exists, God. And if it's strained, mm-hmm. your relationship with God is strained. It's because you make it that way, mm-hmm. not because He's made it that way. He's made it where you mm-hmm. can be as tight and as close. Mm-hmm. Because as far as He's concerned, you've been raised up with Him. Mm-hmm. You're there. So where Christ has gone, we follow first in spirit. And later on in in physical reality. So therefore, we get those benefits of Christ. So you can have confidence today. My sins are forgiven. I'm in the presence of God. I can go to Him in this uh, in this confident relationship and all of these things. So if we're just <laughs> can we just keep bouncing around? All right, well, so here, all right. So here's the third one. So we're there, unless there's something else. So the third one is that we touched on it, but I wanted to come back to this one. Uh huh. So he's there as my high priest. He's there as my advocate. Mm-hmm. He's there as my representative, and we are united spiritually, positionally. Mm-hmm. All right? We good Pentecostals have to talk about this. He's also there as the Holy Spirit baptizer. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So he said, it is expedient for you, necessary for you that I go away. For if I don't go away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I go away, I'll send him to you. Mm-hmm. So he went back to heaven, ascended to heaven, so that he could send the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's why he said, Terry in Jerusalem, wait for the promise of my father. It's coming. He's coming. It's not a it. It's a he. Mm-hmm. He's coming. The experience is coming. Mm-hmm. And so he went back to heaven. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but there comes one after me, mightier than I. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. To be Christ's witnesses. To be my witness is what he said. Yeah. So just to be, so we everybody's clear, be clear. Jesus baptizes people with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He sends so he went back to heaven, okay? He he ascends back to heaven and we figure it was about 7 days thereabouts, somewhere between 7 to 10 days, but probably 7 days that he's there in heaven, they go back to Jerusalem and they start praying mm-hmm. in the upper room. So they have probably a 7 day Eight day, it's somewhere in there. It's a little vague because there's 50 days between the Passover and Pentecost. But when the day of Pentecost fully came, Jesus kept his promise 
And he said to the Holy Spirit, okay, I'm sending you, go fill all those believers and empower them, clothe them with power. And it happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it didn't just happen then. Peter said that day, the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. In Ephesians, Paul said, do not be drunk with wine wherein is dissipation and excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's a command to the church. Mm -hmm. Jesus made that command. I told you, it's a kingdom thing. So guess what? For 2,000 years, he ascended to heaven so that he could be our advocate and our high priest and our representative and the one we're united with, but Evan, he, he's, he's been pouring out the Holy Spirit for 2,000 years. So let's, let's connect them all together. I think about it like this. Christ ascended to heaven to represent us in the heavenlies, and he sent the Holy Spirit so that we could represent him in the earthly. Ooh, like, think about that. That's you like that? good. I like that. You like that? That's good. That, we are, that now our sins are forgiven. We are reconciled with God and therefore made worthy in God's sight to be filled with his Holy Spirit on earth. And so Christ represents us in the heavenlies. We're purified and clean, and now God dwells in us like a temple. That's what we are yep. on earth to represent him. Yep. And so that's our job now is now to bear the image of God, bear his witness, and go out into it, this earth and this world and see his kingdom manifest here through the power of the Spirit. So we're, we're high priest. We've been made mm-hmm. priest on earth. We're advocates who help people in need. Mm-hmm. We are filled with the Holy Spirit to do the works that he did, mm-hmm. representing him on earth, being his witness on mm-hmm. earth. And we're showing that we're spiritually united with Christ by how we live and our communion relationship with him. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. What a connection. It's reciprocal. It is reciprocal. That what he does for us in heaven, he asks for us to do here on earth. We, we are... Man. We are quite literally God's vice regents, his representatives, made his image bearers in a fuller sense again, in which we will represent him on earth. All right, so that's three. Here's the fourth one that you brought out to give gifts. Yeah. So he ascended to heaven. Touch on that one. Yeah, so um, Ephesians um, 4, 7 through 10 says this. Now, grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. For it says... When he ascended on high, he took the captives captive. He gave gifts to people. But what does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth? The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens to fill all things. So what does Christ do? He descends down to earth. He dwells among us men. He ascends. Now he's on the throne. Now he's king. Now he's ruler. And what does he do as king? He gives gifts to men. What for will we follow up for the building up of the church and for the building up of the body of Christ? And he gives gifts to men. He gives us apostles, pastors, and teachers, evangelists, and you know that that whole thing. Prophets. Prophets, yeah. So yeah. Particularly in that context verse, he's talking about the fivefold ministry. Yep. And ultimately then to equip the saints and edify the people Mm -hmm. so that in turn they can do ministry. That's right. So Christ goes and now ruling on the throne gives us gifts to feed and nourish his body. That is the head of all things. The head is nourishing the rest of the body. I eat through my mouth to bring nourishment through my body. Now the head seated in the heavenlies is giving gifts to nourish the rest of the body. So here's a cool thought. When Paul wrote that, obviously we're thinking about the 12 apostles, mm-hmm. the apostle Paul, 
Barnabas was an apostle. I think Timothy was an apostle. Mm-hmm. James was an apostle, the brother of Jesus. First century. But the church has been around for 2,000 years. So it's fair to say for 2,000 years, those people died. He's still been giving gifts mm-hmm. to the next generation That's right. and the next generation because he's got this thing called the church who has to have apostles. It has to have every generation needs prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. So as the ascended Jesus, it's what we were saying. He's busy. Yep. He's he's constantly pouring out giving gifts to the church to equip the church mm-hmm. to the for the church can edify itself, equip itself so that we can be a healthy, holistic, functioning body of Christ mm-hmm. making an impact upon the earth. That's right. Constantly nourishing us, constantly feeding us, constantly giving us gifts, constantly praying for us, constantly going to God for us constantly in God's presence that we can be there too. I mean, he is leading the charge so that we can we can lead the way here on earth. All right, so there's a fourth one for me. Yep. So that's 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 good. That's four. There's a fifth one. I'm sorry for me. And that is that the ascended Jesus is my assurance that I'll go to heaven when I die. Mhm. So that's what the ascension says to me. Um and the reason I said that is because there are there are several scriptures that make reference about Jesus being in heaven and connects it for me going to heaven. Mm-hmm. For example, okay, the the big one would be John fourteen. Jesus said, "Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions or rooms." If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. That where I am, there you may be also. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know that's talking about him coming back. You know, but I want to move past the, the coming. I will come. Move past. Get to the next part. That where I am, there you may be also. That's good. In other words, Jesus is saying, "I want you to be where I'm at." Mm-hmm. Okay, and Paul said in Romans, I think he's eight. Essentially, so I'm going to paraphrase mm-hmm. here. I could read it, but to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Well, where's Jesus? We know where he's at because yeah. he ascended to heaven. heaven at the right hand of the throne of God. So when I die, Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Yeah. Why? He said, because if I leave here, I'll go be yeah. with the Lord. So, you know, how do I know I'm going to heaven? Because Jesus is there. Mm. That's good. So his ascension helps me have assurance that when I breathe my last, uh, I don't end. Yeah. I don't stop living. I just transition. And honestly, to, to finish that out, as we, as we move from heaven to a renewed, to a renewed heavens and new earth, how, as it will be in the end, uh, when we look at Revelation 3.21, it says, to the one who conquers, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. That is Christ um, rose again, ascends to heaven and sits on the throne. We will follow with him too. And we will actually rule and reign forever. If you look at revelation 22, um, right before it kind of goes to the, uh, the epilogue, the the closing of the book, what do we see that there's going to be no more night an everlasting day, and the saints will reign forever and ever. And by, Why do we do that? Because Christ reigns. Yeah, and he, and he says, you're going to sit on my throne with me. Now, there's symbolism there. 
For sure. there's how many millions of Christians? Yeah, we're not, so we're not all piling in. All piling in this giant <laughs> sofa, the sofa throne. It's not what that means. Obviously, it means to share in his reign. Yeah. Sit with me on my throne. Mm-hmm. But the point is, I get your point is, we're going to be there with him mm-hmm. where he is. And that's the point. And, um, and of course, Dwight T- Thompson preached a classic message, heaven will be heaven because Jesus will be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only, the only, if heaven was a ghetto, the ghetto would be heaven if, as long as Jesus is there. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus is in a ghetto, it'd be heaven. So that, that lets me know, lets you know that, that he's the forerunner. You know how John the Baptist, the first fruits, the first fruits, exactly. I thought about that, and I thought you 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 jump on that. Is that he's the first fruits? He's the forerunner. But I like the forerunner because John the Baptist went ahead to prepare the way Mm -hmm. so Jesus could show up. Well, now Jesus has gone to heaven as the forerunner Mm -hmm. to prepare the way. So guess what? We can show up. If you have not listened to the Union with Christ episode, just stop. Actually, you're almost at the end of this episode, but go listen to it. That I mean, I just I can't quit thinking about that episode because it is so foundational to everything we're saying, which is Christ is the forerunner. He's the first fruits. Where Christ goes, we go. We're we're in Him and receiving all. You know, it, it, do you are you picking up on that? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just stuttering because I'm so excited. I mean, it is really it is so foundational for the way we view our own salvation, our own life, our own purpose, our own future. Where Christ goes, I will follow. Mm-hmm. I have decided to follow Jesus. That is not just a moral following, a philosophical following. Where he goes, I will go to. Not because I'm great, not because I'm doing anything, but because he's led the way. That's it. And I put faith in him. All right, so let's talk about it from a different angle. So what did the ascension mean? We've talked about the benefits of the ascension, mm-hmm. but the very act itself has significance. Mm-hmm. So what did it mean? I know I have three things you talked about. So what's the most obvious one? Let's start with the obvious one. The most obvious one is his work on earth was completed. And I think that's what we picked up in Luke, where he he's kind of filling in the disciples. It says he actually opened their understanding to the scriptures. Um, his fulfilled role as the prophesied Messiah and Savior, the one who would deliver Israel um, from spiritual exile and spiritual death and all of those good things, um, has been fulfilled. Like we said, the ascension is him still working. But the reason he became a man and came down to earth, he completed it. Um, he he did his job, and so that's why he can rise to heaven. Two in fulfilling, well, I, and I think it's yeah. interesting. On the cross, he cried, "It is finished." It is finished. So the work that's was right. done. Um, two, I think it emphasizes, um, continuing with the Old Testament language, uh, that he is quite truly ruling and reigning. And when he says the kingdom of heaven is near or is at hand, he means it. And so that's why when Christ ascends, he ascends to a throne. He's ruling and reigning until. Um, you know, God the Father puts his puts all the enemies under his feet. And so there's a real sense in, in which Christ is our king, in which Christ has authority, in which Christ is ruling, and in which we're basically patiently waiting for every last enemy to be defeated, the last enemy being death that Paul talks so about. So we really should have added that up above, yeah. is that he's sitting at his ascension, not only is he the great high priest, not only is he the advocate, not only is he our representative, not only is there reunion in him, not only is he the Holy Ghost baptizer, but he's sitting as king. He's our king. And he is yeah. ruling his people right, right now. 
and 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 and, mm-hmm. and, and it's the kingdom now, and that which is to come. He is the fulfillment of this great messianic hope. Israel was just waiting and waiting and waiting on God to vindicate his people, bring his people out of, finger quotes, exile again, but actually really exile. to, to Let's redo Egypt again, but for the last time and put us on top. That's what Christ has done for us with our true enemies, sin, Satan, death, all of those things. And now he's ruling and reigning on the throne of King David. That's what he's doing. He is the messianic hope, and he's done it. Yeah, he is the Messiah. Yeah. Okay, so he finished his work. That's yep. the, sitting on the throne it means that the work is completed um, and was accepted by the Father. That's right. So his sacrifice mm-hmm. was enough. It was sufficient. Mm-hmm. It, it paid sin's price, and he's there. The second is that he was glorified in heaven. Mm-hmm. So we know, let's go a little deep here, maybe a little Philippians 2. Let you talk touch on this. He, he he was God. He never stopped being God. He was always God. Mm-hmm. The, the incarnation, we like to say, was never the subtraction of deity, but the addition of humanity. Okay? So now he's the God-man, mm-hmm. all right, on earth. What's he like now ascended to heaven? So his deity never left him. Never He never stopped being deity. Omnipresent, all-powerful, all of that. But now in his human nature, his human nature is glorified. So he is, God has taken on yeah. or has, God took on the form of man. Mm-hmm. When he came out of the tomb of the resurrection body, we know that he still has scars in his hands That's and right. in his feet and in his side, but they don't hurt and they don't hurt him. Mm-hmm. His body, we would say, is glorified. That's right. All right. That's the body that in, instead of going back to just because God is spirit, mm-hmm. but somehow in heaven, Jesus has spirit and body. He has now, as Paul puts it, a spiritual body. It's a real body, right? But it it's is spiritual. Real, but it's, it's spiritual. It's John, John the Revelator said, I saw one who was a lamb that was slain. Mm-hmm. It, that was his descriptive way of describing who he saw on the throne and when mm-hmm. he had his revelation, and it was Jesus. Yeah. And so the real, actual body of Christ, which is recognizable. So he took his humanity with him. Took his humanity with him, and he will always have it. He will always represent us to God. Deity he will always have it. and humanity bound together mm-hmm. forever. Forever. And he never stops being man, never stops representing us. I would hate it if he did, because he's the only reason we're there. <laughs> and can you, now, folks, listen. That's what God did mm-hmm. for you. He humbled himself and changed the way he was mm-hmm. prior to coming to this earth mm-hmm. for all eternity past, made that choice, God the Son, for all eternity future. That's just makes my head hurt. It's 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 mind boggling to think of that. Yeah. To 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 think about that God became our human savior because no other human would actually do but he became the perfect man to do all the things we couldn't do for us. But yet he's glorified. How? And yet he's glorified. How? Because he's he's received the 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 he's back at the right hand of the Father mm-hmm. as the King, 
Think about what he's done for human nature. If Christ has really conquered sin in death, then human nature itself is not bound by those things anymore. Right. That's why his human body can be in a glorified state because it's not subject to corruption any longer. He he beat that for us. And Immortality and incorruptibility. Yeah, he has he has done something. If Adam plunged our human nature into that corruption, Jesus took us out of it by going through that death and corruption and beating it. That's where we are. So because him. he is immortal and he is incorruptible in body. I'm not talking about his deity. We're talking about in body. But in his body, in the humanity that has been, mm-hmm. then isn't that our assurance of it incorruptibility sure and immortality? If he is our second Adam, that, our representative again. And the first fruits. That's where we're following. We're going where he's going. Woo, y'all, this, this is good Crazy. stuff in y'all. <laughs> y'all ought to be enjoying this. This, is this make you, if you're not saved, make you want to get saved. <laughs> Hallelujah, man. This is rich. Okay, so um, here's the last one. He's ascended, Mm -hmm. but what does that mean? It means he's positioned to return again. That's right. This same Jesus, the the two angels said that you've seen go up into heaven, will come in the same manner as you've seen him go into heaven, Mm -hmm. on a cloud with glory. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I don't think, now we believe in the premillennial rapture and resurrection. So I don't think that's what he they're talking about here. I think they're talking about that second coming, which would be at the end of the tribulation period when he returns, his parousia, parousia, mm-hmm. when he returns to set up his kingdom on this earth. Mm-hmm. So he's positioned as the king now, but he's coming back. That's right. And that's our hope. That's our hope that he's coming back. And I think it's all grounded in the fact that if he's, I mean, he's really conquered our enemies. He really is a king. He's really defeated everything. There's no guesswork. I'm not worried about Christ losing the battle when he's come back. No. He's already won the battle. Already won the battle. And so now it's it's about patiently waiting for him and walking in obedience um, and and do, fulfilling the Great Commission, doing what he told us to do, making disciples in the meantime. But my assurance is if he can become a man and rise again, when he comes back, it's game over for sin, Satan, and death, oh, yeah. and and we'll be on our way to eternity. Wow! See, I told y'all this was good. This is just good the stuff. ascension. Yeah, just talking about Jesus rising back mm-hmm. to heaven. Because really, we've we've probably included his exaltation in mm-hmm. this. So, if we were fair, yeah. So, his, Yo, well, yeah, but his death, resurrection, ascension, and exaltation. But still, yeah, man, that's you got anything else? That's good. I mean, this is just so practical. If you haven't picked up on it, just be encouraged today. If you know, just yeah. be encouraged today. If you're ridden with guilt, Christ is interceding for you. If you need help, Christ is in God's presence for you. You can Pray. go to God. Yeah. If you're burdened with the weight of the world, you're following in Christ's glorious, you know, ascension as well. Have patience and have hope. If you feel weak as a Christian, know you have access to the Holy Spirit because Christ ascended. If you feel powerless, Christ has poured out his gifts on his church. I mean, what do you need? Christ has gotten it for you. We Be have, encouraged today. We have been blessed in the heavens with, heaven, every, with spiritual every spiritual gift. blessing in Christ Jesus. Boom. It's all there. It's right there. Man, that's just powerful. Well, I hope that helps somebody today. That, that yeah. This is good stuff. 
I, I, I'm about to go back and listen to this. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, look, thank you so much for listening today. Um, give us a rating, a review. Um, if you want to share this with somebody who needs this episode or this whole podcast in general, go ahead and do that. We're about to go eat some barbecue. We love you so much, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs>